Welcome to Fear It Goes, the podcast all about taking your fears with you and doing it anyway. I'm your host, Brandi Taylor. Welcome to Fear It Goes, episode one, pooping my pants and doing it anyways. And I am, I'm totally nervous because this is the most vulnerable thing I've done to date. Putting myself out there for all to see, every flaw and fault, and bringing it to the light. You know what it's like when you start something new? It's the unknown. It's like sitting in the dark and getting hit in the head with ball after ball for five different angles, or being punched in the face, and you don't see it coming. It's all the unknown, unfamiliar variables. You know, I didn't really think I was going to talk about this in the intro podcast, but I feel like I have to, because it has a massive bearing on why we're doing what we do at Fear It Goes. This week has brought so much darkness from every corner of my subconscious to the surface. It's created some of the most doubtful moments for this podcast and the launch I'm about to do. On the precipice of change comes challenge. And it doesn't always go smoothly or easily. And honestly, the bigger the change, the stronger the ego wants to hold you. The holding pattern, the known, the comfortable, not always feeling good, but comfortable nonetheless, the rut, the place where you don't and won't grow. But I guess this is my saving grace this week. That place terrifies me more than any change I could ever bring to my life. Talking about change and fear around change, let me share this with you. These past nine months of my life have been a complete overhaul. Almost nothing's the same. And really, if I look at it, and I'm completely honest, it's really been probably almost two years now. But the biggest changes have happened over the last nine months. Almost nothing's the same. The only consistent are my two boys in the city I live in and my very close friends who I value more than anything on this planet. April 2017, I started playing an online game. And if you've ever played a game online, you know that chat rooms are wild. You see, I'm not a gamer. Anyone who knows me knows I'm not a gamer. I don't play games, but this was really fun. And for some reason, I was really drawn to it. People from all over the world played this game, different ages, different backgrounds. None of that really mattered in the game, though. What came of this was the chats. And let's be honest, in the chat rooms, you can be whoever you want. I got to rediscover parts of me that had fragmented. The coolest part was I actually really did maintain me, but I had no fears of being the me that I had locked away for so long. I got to rediscover parts of me. I forgot that I was funny. I forgot I could banter with the best of them. I forgot I was driven and a leader. I forgot the adventurer and the explorer, and the creator, the major optimist. I forgot I was a woman and not just a mom. I forgot so many sides of me because I was making myself small for someone else. And really, in the end, I realized I'd made myself small because that's something I thought I needed to be. I hadn't pieced anything together at that stage. 
It was in June when it all came to a head. I woke up one morning at 5 a.m., couldn't sleep, and wrote in my journal. And it was the weirdest thing because I really actually hadn't touched this journal in years. And there I was, writing. Not to myself, but to my husband. I wrote many things that morning about the person I'd become, who I, who I was, and how I was snuffing out my own light. How I'd become someone I didn't even recognize, and I certainly didn't love her. I didn't even like her. She was a mess. She was dependent. She couldn't stand on her own. I wasn't proud of who she'd become. I used her because that doesn't even feel like me. She was so many things I said I'd never be again. And I use the word again here because it was a repetitive pattern. But as I wrote, tears flowed, strength came, and I finally had clarity. I saw I couldn't and wouldn't be that small anymore. I knew then I was taking that light back. We all need our light. It's our spark. It's our soul. It's what's in us. And we hide from it sometimes. It's the thing that motivates and drives us. The thing that connects us to all others and purpose and meaning and absolute complete wholeness. It's love. I'd given up so much of myself because I didn't want to hurt someone else. And really, in the end, I was only destroying myself. It was right then that I knew I was leaving a 15-year relationship. We tried talking. We tried counseling. We just couldn't get where we needed to to salvage the relationship. And really, there were too many problems that we just weren't willing to face. And part of it was, at that point, I'd grown and opened up. After this, everything came fast and furious. First, I found fun in me again. I'd forgotten that part of myself, and it was so awesome. I was happy and confident and grounded for the first time in years. I was strong. I loved myself again, but not really to the extent that I now do. I was just starting to see the glimmers of what loving yourself is. And then we told the kids. (laughs) And it was the worst day of my entire life. I've never seen anything more horrible in that moment. But to be honest, there's, I would never change that moment. And as much as I broke my children's heart in that moment, I have gifted them something much better now. I have gifted them two parents who really can be happy and whole without each other and not miserable and broken with each other. I gave them a proper role model for what relationships should look like in the future, not what they will look like in their future had we stayed together very unhappy. I know the kids will be so much stronger because of this. Then we took a trip together. We changed our diets. We moved. I lost 25 pounds. And let me say that again. I didn't lose it. Oh, no, because I'm never going to find it again. It fell off. Because our weight often is another protection from the world. We hold weight because we're protecting ourselves from something else. I started dating. I changed careers. And now I'm launching Fear It Goes. And Fear It Goes has sat, this podcast has sat for more than two years. It's sat for way too long, and I'm I'm so sorry it's taken this long to get to you. So here we are, two 
plus years later, and I've grown some courage. I said that this week has proven hard, really, full disclosure, it's actually felt kind of crazy. I've never felt such resistance or challenge bombarding me all at once, ever. I dropped to lows I have never seen in myself. Um, I cried, I fought, I doubted, I allowed all the negative garbage back in, even though I know better. I found everything else to do other than record this podcast. I allowed every horrible weed to surface. All the weeds in the garden, the voices laughing, saying things like, this podcast will suck. No one will like this. It'll be boring. Look at all the polished podcasters out there. And everything else that came. Because these are the voices that we hear. These are the doubts that keep us in the known. That keep us protected from making changes. Change is not always easy when we don't have the right tools. And at this time, I now have the right tools and I know how to work with these voices and I know the negative thoughts and what they mean and how they actually are gifts that we are not necessarily seeing that way. They brought so many fears to the surface and some really brutal ones. They, brutal ones from the past, because really this is it. It's our beliefs. And our old beliefs are holding us in the patterns of you're not smart enough, or you're not loved, or you're not enough, or you're not worthy of this success, or you're not worthy of this life of greatness, or whatever, fill in the blank. These thoughts challenge every one of our core beliefs. And they are tells, they're signs, they're guides. They're always showing us what we need to work on. All these voices will challenge your beliefs. They'll tell you you can't. These voices, these weeds, we have to be able to pull them out of our garden because our garden needs to be nourished with the things that help it grow healthy. And yeah, the voices, they're loud and they can be obnoxious and they could be extremely hurtful and they can cut like daggers. It's what's underneath them. They can draw up a million emotions and it's what's underneath those. Think of emotions and your negative thoughts like symptoms, but the actual cause is right below it. And if we look at that in terms of a bathtub, someone gave me this analogy and it was beautiful. If we look at symptoms in a bathtub, so we have our symptoms floating around the bathtub, but really if we figure out what the cause is, which is the plug to the tub, we unplug it, all the symptoms go down the drain and we no longer have them. So the symptoms are nothing more than a guide to show us what the cause is to the problem. And it's the same with our health and anything else in our life. These are opportunities for us to learn and grow. So, turns out I didn't do so well with some of my weeds this week. Instead, I allowed them to take root and spread like wildfire. Because, hello, human nature, this is part of what we do when we're really wrapped up in our humanness. And 
They were choking out all the good work I've done. And I know better. Even with the tools, sometimes we get caught up in the emotions. And we get distracted and our goals and directions and the person we are becoming gets challenged. The beauty of this is you get to take control through awareness. As soon as the awareness is there, it's beautiful. I acknowledge, okay, I'm in it. I'm experiencing this. I'm going to go through it. And then I'm going to own it. And then I'm going to own it. And then I can pull that weed because it's no longer, it's no longer strong. It's weakened by the knowledge that, or the acknowledgement of what the cause is. So I pull the weeds. Mostly. We all have some weeds still to pull. <laughs> we can direct our thoughts. We can allow them to run completely wild and take us down an incredible spiral very quickly, which thoughts can do. Or we can create a different path. We can ask better questions when those thoughts come in. Instead of asking ourselves, why am I such a failure? Or why can't I do this? Or why have I tried this a hundred times and I'm not getting the results I want? Or what's wrong with me? These are all really crappy questions. And when we ask crappy questions, our brains are solution finders. So our brains are constantly giving us answers. Stop asking those stupid questions and start asking better ones. Don't be the sum of your old beliefs. Don't be the puppet to the masterful fears trying to lead the way. Our behaviors, our beliefs are so ingrained, it feels like we're breathing. We don't even think about it. But we can make the change. It starts with awareness. And then start asking good questions. Like, what is it that I'm not seeing here? Where do I need to go with this? What is it that's holding me back? Why do I believe that I'm not worthy? What makes me think I'm not? What makes me think that I'm not? I am totally worthy. We need to ask better questions that guide us in the direction we want to go. So no one ever said things most valuable in life are easy, and it's true. Some of the best rewards are in the journey, and some of those journeys have really rocky paths. So... Why fear it goes, you might ask. Trust me, I've asked myself this question probably a million times. But boiling this down, I was searching like so many of you for the answers. Why wasn't my life what I thought it was going to be? What was holding me back? I knew I had wounds. I was no longer ignorant to the notion that um, life was only happening to me. I knew that there were things holding me. I had bad memories from childhood. So what? Who doesn't, right? We've all had experiences. And hey, my experiences could have been worse. And I know some people who've had worse experiences. But this is the catch. If we keep thinking that our experiences should be downplayed and sloughed off because someone else has had a worse one, we don't address them. So I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you mine. What I hadn't understood was how that first memory 
would alter my response to fear and how I'd experience it and just how debilitating fear would be for most of my life. You see, when I was three, my mother tried to leave my father. He was very abusive. Standing at the door of our farmhouse, she held my sister and I in her arms and he came up and he pulled a shotgun, put it to her head and said, if you leave here with them, I'll kill you. I'll kill you right now. It was in that moment that my perception of fear was changed. I no longer looked at fear from a fight or flight response, which would have been relatively normal. Instead, I looked at it with a life or death response. So now I had developed a very irrational response to fear that would drive many decisions and actions in my life. And I was really, really fortunate that a friend of mine kind of pointed this out to me about six years ago, maybe five years ago. When she made that comment about fear being life and death and not being fight or flight, all the pieces I was unable to connect were put together in that moment. It helped immensely, but still I needed tools. I still didn't have them. I was still searching. And honestly, there were so many moments I kept thinking to myself, Brandy, act like an adult here. Put on your big girl panties. Pull it together. And I would have these conversations in my head all the time. Stop being a child. But literally, I didn't realize what I was doing. It was my subconscious leaking through. It was so obvious. I was stuck in that moment at the door, looking at the shotgun, totally terrified, trying to cope, and I was frozen at the age of three. See, it doesn't matter how big or small these traumas or these experiences are that we have in our lives. They affect us, and they affect our actions moving forward. And the most incredible part of being a child is from the time you are zero to the time you are eight to ten, your brain sits in a frequency called theta. And what that means is you are completely, your subconscious is open. And you are drawing in data like a sponge. And you're accepting this as your truth. This is your normal. So whether it's the normal of the world or the normal of you doesn't matter. This is your normal and your truth. And you take this forward into your life. Our actions are deemed set in motion and subconscious. And then by the time we're 30, 90 to 95% of our actions are subconscious, like breathing, like your heart beating. You don't think about it and you wonder so often, I don't want to do this. I think this is a bad idea. But then somehow you end up doing it anyways. And then you're really feeling bad and guilty. And why did I do that? And oh my God, I shouldn't have done that. And then you're mad at yourself or guilty or shameful or whatever emotion tags along. So this is why fear goes. Because I am here now with tools and understanding and clarity and a lot of baggage that's been cleared. And I want to share it with you. Because no one should walk through their life holding on to baggage that one, sometimes isn't even their own. Like that moment at the door, that wasn't mine. That was my father's. 
well, it became mine, but there are other things I carried forward with him that weren't my experiences. They were his, and I held his shame. I held his guilt as an adult. And I moved those through the relationships of my life, the careers I chose, the actions I took. And I know that there are so many of you out there doing the same thing. And you don't need to. You don't need to at all. Today, I kind of feel naked and completely vulnerable and showing some of the darker sides of wounds. And those wounds that govern the way that we see the world or the actions we take. And for the longest time, I felt that my actions were things to be ashamed of, and I held on to so much of that. Now, I understand experiences for what they are, and I hold no regrets in my life. I can talk about any experience, regardless of how traumatic, and we will talk about some of those throughout these podcasts in the coming months and years, the triumphs now that I see them to be. And the experiences no longer hold the charged emotions that they did at that time. It's freeing. Being able to own your actions and being able to release the experiences and traumas of the past. A few years ago, I went to a very cool event. And I'm, I'm going to kind of wrap up our podcast with this today. Um, I went to this really cool event and we did a fear exercise and very many, many of you will be familiar with Tony Robbins and walking the fire um, because it's really mind over matter. But in this particular event, we broke an arrow. So you stick the arrow at the um, soft part of your throat, one end, and then you put the other end against the wall and you take a step forward. And it was really funny. I remember looking at the facilitator and and saying, so I just take a step forward. And she says, yep. And I have the blunt end of the arrow, not the quill end, but the blunt end, because it's a little bit blunt, but I have it on my throat. And it's not that it feels good because it's still an arrow and it's long, but I have this there and I'm like, I'm going to just do this. So I took a step forward and I remember thinking to myself, oh, that hurts. Oh, not really. It's not that bad. Oh my God. And the arrow, you could hear it breaking. And then I went, Oh my God. Oh my God. I just broke that arrow. I made it through. And really that's what fear is. (laughs) That's exactly what fear is. We think it's going to be this huge, horrible, life threatening thing in my case, but for most it would not be life threatening. Um, we think that, and then, and then we realize it's not really that big a deal. It might be a little bit painful when we're going through it, but in the end, we've conquered it. We've broken, we've broken the fear, and now we're on the other side, and it's exhilarating. It's so exhilarating. This podcast will offer you stories you can relate to. It will inspire you. It will help you with self-confidence. It will, <laughs> it will guide you. This podcast will bounce back and forth between conversations with me and interviews with others. 
The next podcast I'm super excited to bring you is an incredible story with a gentleman who has the most incredible spirit I've ever encountered. He was he was scouted by the NHL when he was 15. He's a spectacular hockey player, but his story is even better, and I can't wait to share it with you. Fear Goes is here to help motivate you to take the steps you want to take to grow and to grow into your greatest self. It's a community of people who have taken their fears with them and taken those steps. And I swear you can too. Anytime you think you can't, you can. So go out into the world and take one step, one step, one step, and take on one of your fears. Take the first step. You'll be pleasantly surprised like I was when I broke that arrow. Just take the first step. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. I'm really looking forward to future episodes with you. If you like this, please subscribe below. And if you like this, please give us five stars. If you don't like this, please give us five stars and write some comments um, at Fear It Goes. (laughs) If you have some show ideas, please actually go to fearitgoes.com and uh, write us write us there and let us know what you're interested in hearing. And I will look into that for future episodes. I have some really exciting episodes planned. So come back and check us out. Thank you so much for listening and have an absolutely extraordinary day. 